Hello, and welcome to the Coastal Church Audio Podcast. In this weekly podcast, you'll be inspired and equipped through the power of God's Word to live an overcoming life. And now for this week's message. We're going to reflect maybe different points in our life. We know that there's something inside of us. There's a place, Pat Scott, a great scientist, said there's a, there's a God world. Paul said in Philippians, he said, my citizenship is in heaven. I'm on this earth, but really my spiritual citizenship is in heaven. C.S. Lewis put it this way. If I find myself, if I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, whether it be food or romance or exercise or an intellectual exercise of some kind, nothing in this world can satisfy. The most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. And it's true. We were made for another world. We're made for the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of light. You'll never understand Easter unless you understand that we're a spiritual being. Unless you know that we're a spiritual being. If you think we're just a body and a mind, you're going to miss Easter altogether because Easter is a spiritual experience. And if you go into a, a store today, you might miss it. You might not find that. I was thinking about what it would be like if you came to this country, you arrive in Canada, and you get a job, and they tell you that your job Monday is a day off. You say, it's a statutory holiday. You get a day off this Monday. You go, oh, well, that's great. Why do we get a holiday? You get a holiday. It's a religious holiday. You go, hmm, okay. And so you go down the street, and you walk into an apartment store or a drug store, and you're trying to figure it out. What's this holiday out about? And you see a bunny. Oh, there's lots of bunnies. Maybe they worship the bunny in this country. You go a little further. You see lots and lots of chocolate. Oh, maybe Easter's about chocolate. They, or maybe spring. They have lots of celebrations about spring. Maybe it's a worship of spring. It'd be a hard time to figure out what Easter is really all about if you went into a store. But in a church, we know what it's about. Easter is actually not the best word for it. Uh, it's better to call it Resurrection Sunday. Easter, if you go way back, about 155 A.D., that name got introduced, and it came from a god called Ishtar, the goddess of fertility or immortality. And so a little fun to do Easter eggs and bunnies. I like chocolate and Easter, all that good stuff. Cool to celebrate that way. But really, you want to go back to the true meaning, and that is the resurrection of it. It's a lot more than the little song we sang I had growing up. Here comes Peter Cottontail hopping down the Easter, uh, the bunny trail. Easter's on its way. Anybody else sing that song? There's a few. Okay, that might date me. But anyhow, that's a song we sang growing up. Here comes Peter Cottontail. And I always wondered as a kid, how does that fit with what I'm hearing on Sunday? And it doesn't fit. Easter is about Jesus. It's about a cross that we celebrate on Good Friday, what he did there for us, the amazing price that he paid for us, then being in the grave for three days and rising again from the dead on the third day. That's, my friend, what the resurrection is all about. The Easter story we're going to read today is from John chapter 20. So if you have your Bibles, you can go to John chapter 20. If you have the old-fashioned kind, you can get it out, or if you have it on your iPhone or your iPad or your BlackBerry, or maybe you've got it on some other device, that's cool. And uh, let's go to John chapter 20, and we're going to be focusing on a character by the name of Mary Magdalene. She stands out in this story to us, and uh, she's an amazing lady. There's a number of Marys, so it's good to keep it straight. We have Mary Magdalene. We have Mary, the mother of James. She shows up in this story. And we also have Mary, the mother of Jesus. And she's likely at this time in John's house. So that's kind of where the Marys are at. Mary gets up really early, Mary Magdalene. 
and she had such an incredible, incredible love for Jesus because he had set her free from seven demons. This woman came from an extremely tormented, rough background, but she met Jesus and she was set free. So early in the morning, on that resurrection morning, she heads to the tomb, and you really have to admire her bravery. For us, we look back and we know what happened, but she doesn't have that. She doesn't have 2,000 or more years of history to look at. This is all brand new for her and has been one very, very emotional, trying week. You can just imagine, this is her friend, this is her Lord, this is her teacher, and she understood what happened when he went through that incredibly uh, tough trial. She was scored, she was beaten, went to the cross, she witnessed that. We know that Mary was there. And uh, she saw him utter his last words. She was there when the Roman centurion said, this is the son of God. She witnessed all that. And if you ever witnessed somebody dying, let alone an execution like this, I've never seen something like that. But that has got to have a traumatic effect on your life. So you can imagine the pent-up emotions. She knows they put Jesus' body in the tomb that was given to them by Joseph and Arimathea. He's a man who was a follower of Christ, came out of the closet and said, I am a follower of Jesus and gave the tomb for them. And so she heads over to the tomb and she knows that there's an eight-ton rock that's rolled in front of it. Roman soldiers are guarding that tomb and she heads over there. She is so driven by love for our Lord. There was lots of things to fear that morning. She could have feared the Roman soldiers that were guarding it. They're not like our police force. They're different. She could have feared, like Peter had, that if she gets associated with Jesus, she's going to get arrested. But her love takes her past that. She could have feared the morning. It's dark. Path going to, she could have feared the graveyard. Going to a graveyard at night can be a spooky thing. Lots of things to fear, but love will conquer fear. And so she's on her way to this tomb. And, uh, of course, as she gets there, we know that there's an earthquake that's happened. The stone gets rolled away, and we find her there. And she's no doubt reflecting on all that took place during the week before she gets there. So we pick up the story in John chapter 20. We must read this account on this Easter Sunday morning. John chapter 20. I'm going to read a few verses for you here this morning. Now, the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early when it was still dark and saw that the stoop, the the stone had been taken away from the tomb. I just want to make a point here. The stone didn't have to be rolled away so Jesus could get out. The stone was rolled away so we could look in. You have to know that he could go through walls. He, could, he, he left the wrappings he was in like a cocoon shell and, and went through that. So it wasn't so he could get out. It was so we could look into it to see the evidence. Then she ran, she came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, so she's seen the tomb, now she runs back to where Peter is and John, and she says to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've laid him. She still doesn't realize that Jesus is alive. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple, and they were going to the tomb. So they both ran together, and the other disciple, that being John, outran Peter, and they came to the tomb, he came first. And he, stooping down, looking in, saw the linen cloths lying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. Just trust Peter, right? Peter says, I'm going right in. Let me check this thing out. So Peter goes right in, and he saw the linen cloths lying there, and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying 
with a little cloth that folded together in a place by itself. Very neat, very organized. Not the sign of a grave robber of any kind. Everything was very organized. Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first, that being John, when he also, he saw and he believed. John believed. It's amazing. For as yet they did not know the scriptures that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again to their own homes. But Mary stood outside the tomb. The disciples were headed off. Mary stood parked by the tomb. And Mary stood outside the tomb, and she's weeping. Now, this weeping is sobbing. She's just deep sob. She's just crying heavy. And she wept. As she wept, she stooped down, and she looks into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus was laying. Then they said to her, these are the angels, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, because they've taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've laid him. Now, when she had said this, she turned around and she saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Who are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've laid him and I'll take him away. Jesus said to her, one word, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say teacher. Jesus said to her, don't cling to me. I'm not yet ascended to my father, but I'm going to my brethren. But go to my brethren and say to them, I'm ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she'd seen the Lord and that he'd spoken these things to her. It's an amazing account of that resurrection story that we read there in John. In Mary's life, something happened. She goes from sorrow to incredible joy. She went from not knowing for sure, unbelieving, wondering what's happened to Jesus, to believing. The cross will do that to you. The resurrection power will do that to you. It will change you from wondering, from sorrow, to believing. And that's what happened to her. It's interesting that Jesus makes the first move. He talks to Mary there at the tomb. And then he talks to the disciples. He talks to Thomas. Do you remember on Good Friday, we talked about how he first loved us. God's got this way of making the first move. And uh, when we're not worthy of it, when we're rebellious, when we don't care about God, not interested in God, don't even want to know about you, God still loves us, dies for us, and makes the first move. And he, he does that again for Mary. He goes out of his way to show that he loves her. Thomas, later on we read, he said, I will not believe unless I see some evidence. I mean, he's made up his mind. My mind is closed. I will not believe that Jesus is alive unless I see hardcore evidence. He's closed his mind. We close our mind for all kinds of stuff. Sometimes we close our mind because we've been hurt. We've been hurt by other religious people, churchy type. And uh, we think, well, if that's the way church people act, if that's the way Christians are, then I'm going to write off God. That's not a very bright thing to do because a lot of times, honestly, we're not even the best representation of God. I know he's always God, but sometimes we're just human and we don't represent him the best. Uh, sometimes we write off God because of pride. We think, you know what, I can live my life on my own. Thanks very much, God. I don't need you. I'll manage it myself. Ego gets in the way, and, and we can sing with Frank Sinatra, I did it my way. Or sometimes we have something else get in the way, and that might be fear. Man, if I become a Christian, open my heart to God, I might become a religious nutcase. I've seen those people on TV. I see those people with signs. I don't want to be one of them. So I'm just going to close my mind to that. Jesus has a way of finding us, revealing himself to us, and showing just how much he cares for us, no matter what state we're in. Interesting here that what Jesus says to her, he says to her, Mary, 
your identity is your name, right? You're, you, you look for that maybe form you fill out, anything you do, your identity is your name. And then the first thing that, or the first thing that Jesus does, he calls her Mary. He reassures her of her identity. And what the cross does, what the resurrection does, it brings us back to our true spiritual identity. When Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, the enemy came up to him, Satan came to him, and he said to him, if you are the Son of God. He knew very well he was the Son of God, but he was trying to get him to give in on his identity. He was working on him to give up his identity. That's still the same tactic of our enemy today. He works on us in that way. Jesus reassured her of her identity. The second thing is interesting. He said, I'm going to my father and to your father. It was about restoring a relationship. And that's where the ransom was paid at the cross. So our relationship could be restored. The theme for our Easter this year has been the ransom someone had to pay. And Jesus, my friends, paid an incredible ransom for you and I. He said in Mark chapter 10, 45, I'll put it on the screen. We read, for even I, the son of man, have not came here not to be served, but to serve others and to give my life a ransom for many. If you are memorizing verses with us throughout the year, this is your verse for the week. Uh, as you know, as church family, we have a verse a month, or you can do a verse a week. This is your verse for the week, Mark 10, 45. For even I, Jesus is saying here, the Son of Man came here not to be served, but to serve others, and to give my life as a ransom for many. Ransom for what? A ransom for lives. That's, that, that brings a lot of questions. First, I'll have to tell you, that his death was not just a plot and he died. No, he intentionally died. He intentionally gave up his life. He intentionally said, I laid down my life. He intentionally paid a price with his life so we could have life. It was a ransom. If there is a ransom, there's some questions that we need to ask. There's a ransom. Why was his death a ransom? Who was taken captive? It's us. How were we taken captive? What was the ransom price? Who was the ransom paid to? Those are good questions to ask about the ransom. Put another verse on the screen for you. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18. It's our verse for the month. And this one you may have already memorized. But this says, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And the ransom he paid was not mere gold or silver. He goes on to say, We know the ransom was the blood of Jesus. You know God paid a ransom. What? To save you from an empty life you inherited from your ancestors. You might be here this morning and say, well, I don't know if I inherited it from my ancestors. You know, Uncle Joe or Grandpa, Grandpa Tom, they're good people. What are you talking about? No, this is your spiritual ancestors, and your spiritual ancestor is Adam. And Adam committed high treason. He, in the Garden of Eden, he opened the door for man to walk in light into darkness. The spiritual kingdom, the spiritual kingdom of darkness. And when that happened, when Adam did that, we got a different passport. That's humanity. We got a passport in the country of darkness, the kingdom of darkness. And the sad thing was, all of Adam's descendants, everybody who was related to him, all his ancestors were born into it. So we're born into this kingdom, this country of darkness. There's no way out of this kingdom. And uh, uh, there, there's a ransom that has to be paid. But the enemy didn't set the ransom. He didn't come up with the ransom. 
he, he didn't even want to let anybody go because he wanted to keep mankind captive. Man is the proudest creation of God's. And his desire was to keep, to hurt God, to keep mankind trapped for all eternity. There was a price that had to be paid. God in his government, God in the courts of heaven, knew that their price to be paid was that another sinless man would have to go and pay the price for freedom. He would have to give up his life for all those that were caught or trapped in the kingdom of darkness. There's a spiritual kingdom. We're spiritual beings. We're born into darkness because of what Adam did. We're born into sin. The Bible says all sin comes short of the glory of God. We're born into that. The only way out is through what Christ did for us. He came, died, was put in the grave, rose again, not resuscitated, not reincarnated, came to life again. Came to life again. There's a powerful verse in, in Revelation that says that I hold the keys to death and the grave. To be in, you know, one day all of us have to get into a casket or an urn or something and they put us in there. Last time we checked, the mortality rate in Canada is 100%. And one day we all got to get in there. And when you're there, your spirit doesn't die. You want to have be with someone who has a key out. That grave is open from the inside. Jesus had the keys over death. And he said, I will make a way for you where there is no way. I'll bring you to life. He paid a ransom for us. The ransom, what was the ransom price? The ransom was his life, not gold, not silver, but it was the precious, precious blood of Jesus. Oh, sometimes we don't like to talk about it, and there's even those, oh, you know, don't talk about it because it's a, a bloody religion to talk about it. I want to today boldly declare that it is the blood of the Lamb, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that sets us free from the power of darkness, and I'm not ashamed to say, Jesus paid the price for me by shedding his blood on that cross so that I could be free. High courts of heaven, there was a price that was set. There was a ransom. Only that price could set man free. Jesus came to a world that was marked no exits, and he came into that world. He left through a door that said no exit, did he left? And he gave his life for us. Ransom so that we could be free. For once and for all, for all eternity, the price had been paid for mankind. Romans chapter 5 of the Message Bible says this. You know the story of how Adam landed us in the dilemma we're in. First sin, then death, and no one exempt from either sin or death. That sin disrupted relationships with God and everything and everyone. But the extent of that dis disruption was not clear until God spelled it out in detail in Moses. So death, that huge abyss separated us from God, dominated the landscape from Adam to Moses. Verse 18. Here it is in a nutshell. Just as one person did it wrong and got us in all this trouble with sin and death, one person did it right and got us out of it. But more than just getting us out of trouble, he got us into life. Wow. He rescued us. Colossians 1, 13 and 14, I'll put this verse on the screen for you. Powerful verse we read here. For he has rescued us from the one who rules in the kingdom of darkness. And he brought us into the kingdom of his dear son. Here's the ransom price. God has purchased our freedom with his blood and has forgiven all our sins. Wow. See, he, he didn't want to punish you for your sins. He loves you too much. And that punishment, that price was put on Jesus when he went to the cross. So that your sins were paid for 
And that was the ransom price. And he rescued us not from the kingdom of darkness, from the country of darkness, from the nation of darkness. And then he transferred us or he brought us into the kingdom of the son. He brought you into the kingdom of light. Why? My, 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 my. To have a new life on the inside of you. The void filled with the kingdom of light. He purchased it. You got a new passport. You don't want dual citizenship, by the way. You just, you want, sometimes you have to have dual citizenship in this world, but not, no, you, you get rid of that citizenship and you get a new passport. That's why Paul said, my citizenship is in heaven. I have a new citizenship. One of the greatest things that came to us after he gave us this new citizenship, he said, I've given you authority. Why I've given you authority to tread over serpents and scorpions and all the power of darkness and nothing shall by any means hurt you. He said in his word, great is he that's in you than he that's in the world. He said, if God be for you, who can be against you? I thank God for the power of the word. In his word, in his testimony, he said they overcame by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their life even unto the death. There's something about the power in the name of Jesus. My uncle told this story to me one time as he was traveling and he had had a friend tell him, if you ever get in a place where you feel just evil all around you, just say the name Jesus. He didn't know much more than that. He was pretty young, but he found himself in a situation where there was a seance going on and people were chanting and saying things against him. He didn't know what to do, but he just felt so cold and weird. He felt this dark oppression coming around him, but he remembered that one piece of advice, just say the name of Jesus. He said, I just started saying Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You ever sing that song? There's just something about that name, Master, Savior. There's just something about that name. That name's still all-powerful. That name still causes the powers of darkness to flee. He said, submit yourself. Or Jay, yeah, give him praise. It's so true. We had our, when we had our Christmas services at the Twin Elizabeth Theater, one of the people came out after us, and he said, you know, we were, because there was a lot of people that came to the service, and we invited everybody to come, and they were sitting there. They, he just said, you know, Pastor, there was somebody sitting in front of us, and the whole time they were cursing you, and they were saying all these words against you, and I was just quietly praying behind them and praying in the name of Jesus. Do you know that none of that holds any power over the name of Jesus? There is resurrection power in the believer. There really is. We're spiritual beings. We were in darkness, and he paid a price for us to come into light. And now he the sun sets free is free indeed. There, the price out of that kingdom of darkness that we inherited from our ancestors, you know, it used to be you could come to Canada, you paid enough money, you could almost buy a Canadian citizenship. You cannot buy a citizenship in the kingdom of heaven. You can't work hard enough to get there. Somebody paid it for you. And that someone is Jesus when he died and he rose again. He paid a price for us. He paid a ransom. He paid with his life. Somebody here sitting today, they go, I, I don't know if I even believe in the resurrection. I challenge you to do your homework. It's very difficult to prove that it's not true. Many great minds have said it did disprove the resurrection, only to come back and say, you know what? The theft really did happen. Today, we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus. I want to invite Jolene to come up this morning. Jolene, 
uh, is going to share her testimony with us this morning. And she's a great example of someone who, again, translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light and the great difference that the Lord's made in her life. So would you give Julene a big welcome? She's uh, got a boot on and a cast on. <laughs> so welcome, Julene. Good to have you share your testimony with us this morning. And, uh, you know, your story is so amazing, just how God, God did just what we're talking about, took you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And just the, the light in your heart shining out of your eyes, out of your life. You're not the same person. You know, they say if anyone's in Christ, old passed away, everything became new. That's really your life. So maybe just tell us a bit about your background, where you grew up, and what it was like in life growing up for you here in Vancouver.
going to pray this. I don't know, quite know which best, but I know I need life on the inside of me. If I'm really honest, let me pray that today. Those who know who that is, you simply pray today, Lord, we are your sheep. Even as you would look for Jolene in that one church, you look for Mary at the store, you, you know each one of us by name. You call us by name. Mary, you say, or Dave, or Sally, or Peter, you call us by name. Today you're calling us by name. And Lord, we come to you. Lord, with so much thanks and praise for what you're doing. The ransom that was paid is for, for all eternity. Justice is done. Our freedom has been taken away. God, we thank you this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to the Coastal Church Audio Podcast. We hope that today's message has inspired you to live a life fully devoted to following Christ. Be sure to check out our website for other ways to watch, listen, or share this message. For more information, go to coastalchurch.org.